0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 69 of Something Worth Thinking About. In our last episode, we talked about how we look at our world and measure the value of our lives. If we do this from the worldly point of view, we will often find ourselves devaluing our worth and significance. So instead of the misinformed and misguided worldly perspective, we need to look at ourselves in the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus. And we concluded this last episode with a reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. In today's episode, what we want to do is... To take a deeper dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, specifically verses 13 through 19, to see what else is here. What more do we need to hear and take to heart so that we look not only at Jesus and ourselves, but also everyone else with a point of view that is fully informed by the gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord? Today's text is 2 Corinthians 5, verses 13 through 19. We will read it in just a moment, but first I want to give us a couple of things to be listening for. I love the way the Apostle Paul begins this new move or section in his letter in verse 13. If we are out of our minds, or in some of your translations, if we are beside Ourselves. There is, I confess, a part of the gospel of Jesus that is simply so wonderful that if we are saying it out loud and openly confessing, this is what we believe, that it feels like you have to be out of your mind to be saying these things. I remind you that this is exactly what happened to the Apostle Paul when he was giving his defense to King Agrippa. When Paul started unpacking everything that he believes about Jesus, the Roman governor who was seated there beside the king, the Roman governor named Festus, could not contain himself. In Acts chapter 26, verse 24, we read, at this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. Just take that in. Someone who is familiar with what is going on in the world, and this was in a pagan world, a world that believed in the gods of what we call mythology, but they believed these gods are real. We believe today, informed by the gospel, as Paul would say, The idols are actually not just false gods, they're demons that people have worshipped. And yet, Paul is saying these things about what he believes about the God of creation, about Jesus, and about the resurrection. And a man living in his time, in his day, said, this is crazy talk. You are out of your mind, Paul. You've been driven insane by what you have learned. So Paul actually begins this new move in Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 13 with this same language about being out of his mind, being, if you will, insane. So as we hear these words today, I want us to be struck by how absolutely. Incredible are the things that we believe because we believe that Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified at the hands of Pontius Pilate, is indeed the very Son of God who was raised back to life from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God in glory. And one glorious day, the same Jesus will return. And when He does, the sons and daughters of God will be revealed with Him. And by these sons and daughters of God, I mean ordinary human beings like you and me who belong to God, who belong to Christ, who are part of the family of God because of the life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus our Lord. And this is what this passage is all about. So let's hear the Word of God together. Beginning in verse 13, And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Just think about everything that Paul is saying here for us, for our benefit that many people living today and many people who lived when Paul lived would say, you have to be out of your mind to believe this. Hear it again. We are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Since Christ died for all, this means that you and I died with Christ. Paul puts it this way in Galatians 2 verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. Our fellowship with God is not only a fellowship with the life, love, and joy that comes from this fellowship. Our fellowship with God is also a fellowship with the death and crucifixion and suffering of Christ. Like Paul, we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. When someone today volunteers to serve in the military, they do so knowing the risk. The day may come. When they will be put in harm's way, they may be asked to lay down their life for the sake of others. Yet we know that before time began, Jesus, the Son of God, had already agreed with the Father to come into this world to save and redeem us by laying down his life for us. We read all of this in Ephesians chapter 1. God chose us. In Christ before the foundation, before the creation of the world, Jesus came into this world centuries, millennia later. uh, He came knowing that when he was born, he would lay down his life, he would die for us all, because he came into the world as the Son of God who takes away the sins of of the world. And I remind you that this is why he was given the name Jesus. Go back and read the stories announcing the birth of Jesus and even announcing his conception by the power of the Holy Spirit and the vision given to Joseph through the dream and then also to Mary. But the name Jesus was given because Jesus would come to save his people from their sins. And the name Jesus means the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, saves. The Lord is salvation. And Jesus came to save us by laying down his life for us. Jesus went to Jerusalem telling his disciples over and over, the closer they got there, I'm going to be crucified and on the third day be raised back to life. They did not understand all of this. And sometimes perhaps we still don't understand all of this. But what we need to understand, what we must understand, is that Jesus did this for us. Jesus died for us. But Paul says that there is so much more going on at the cross of Christ than simply Jesus dying for us, Jesus laying down his life for us. Paul says, the word of God says here, that all died. And this changes everything, absolutely everything. We cannot live our lives as if none of this happened, as if the cross died didn't mean anything. The death and resurrection of Jesus changes everything, so much so that the Apostle Paul continues, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone The new is here. I really like the way the New Revised Standard Version puts this. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. It is more than just a new beginning. It is more than just a do-over or a starting new, it is a new reality that forever remains we are and we continue to be new creation this is who we are this is who we will always be so don't sell yourself short don't allow the the way the world looks at you or the way people may mistreat you the way our world systems may devalue And depersonalize you by assigning to you a number, by forgetting your name, uh, by putting you on hold, or even ignoring you all together. Or by the way, you may at times be excluded and told that you don't belong, that you aren't good enough, that you don't measure up, that you aren't chosen and selected. You are a new creation in Christ. You belong to God. God, the creator of heaven and earth, chose you before the beginning in Christ Jesus our Lord. Go back and read all of that beautiful, incredible stuff in Ephesians chapter 1. But as we think about all these things, Paul puts it just a few verses later in Verse 21, God made him, speaking of Jesus, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And remember, all of this, absolutely all of this is from God. Our God has done all of this us. Us. God reconciled us to himself through Christ, through his death and resurrection. So in closing, let's hear this crazy idea one more time. This idea that seems like to believe this, you have to be out of your mind. We are convinced that one died for all and therefore, all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again do not live your life for the world's applause do not live for yourself and for what you want to do and all the selfish things that can be a part of a life that we live just for ourselves. Believe the gospel. Believe and be convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. You are a new creation. Live for Jesus, the one who died for you and was raised again.